Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name's Jake, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by Sambo and Johnny. Another week, another pod, Chaps. I was mapping out the calendar, and uh, it's not long now until there's actual, real, proper, like, people playing football again. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm Just good. Getting there. Sitting, sitting around waiting for the football seasons to start. Twiddling your thumbs. Yeah, I just sit in front of his computer all day, yeah. every day, till the pod's on. Just, just waiting. Really else. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> just put into a cupboard out of the way in front of a computer. Yep. Until it's football, sports, news to talk about. But there is no news, really. No news. Fuck. Yeah. Not even yeah, fake news. We will... No. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe we could make and some up. Make there's some always storylines up. Maybe we should oh, just make you know some what we should... sensational story about a big player that's been injured for the Cats. Yeah. Oh, all right. I've, I've, I've actually got one, um, chaps. Yep. Here we go. Maybe we could clip this for social media. We could treat this like an actual like video mm-hmm. thing. Cherry pick the information uh, out. Yeah. 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 Here, here you go. All right, chaps. So... Um, Big headline tonight coming out of AFL.com. Announcement from the Cats that not only will Daisy Pierce be joining the uh, the Cats coaching staff in 2023, there's also word that she's going to line up, believe it or not, in the forward line for the Cats. Uh, in place of Tom Hawkins in week one, um, what are your thoughts about this? Like Daisy Pierce in the forward line, week one, I think the whole fan base will be absolutely behind it, don't you? Absolutely. It's not really a controversial decision at all. Um, I don't see this creating any kind of uh, furor or uh, dialogue on the internet. Um, And Hawkins is a likely miss for round one, and we do need a strong forward line presence up there. It's true. It's true. Strong forward line presence, but Daisy Pierce. Absolutely. I think there was really, really no other option. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do, do you think, you know, I'm, I'm sort of waiting here. I think that the sort of, say, white male population, footy public will in general, like, I think they'll react pretty, you know, moderately to this, sensibly. Yeah. I don't think this in will... In fact, if anything, I think, I think their decision to put her uh, up there is probably, um, you know, to appease the the Twitter mob that are just absolutely gunning for this kind of representation. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, we, we can move on with the rest of the show now. See, that's how you can um, do it. There you go. You just right. manufacture news. Happening. I'm really um, looking forward to seeing the headline that you choose on the Twitter feed. Mm. I'm sure yeah, it's going to be a daisy line to line up in the forward line for the cats mm. or something along, along those lines. It's gonna be fantastic. Yeah. I'll, I'll find I'll find something. Um, yeah, uh, spearhead to miss. Cats still able to pierce Magpie's backline. There you go. Mm, Fucking nice. new one. Love it. Love Done. it. Bang. Uh, <laughs> Shebang. <laughs> Shebang. Bang. Bang. 
Um, so on no, but I turn up to see that for well, sure. I turn up to see that. For sure. <laughs> if they decide to run run Daisy up there, I'd uh, yeah, I'd I'd be very 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 keen to do it. And you're also, you know, that's that's some clickbaity headline there. That's the kind yeah. of headline you go, ooh, what's this all mm. mean? So you click I on it and you read it, and it's like, oh, this can't be real. And then you go searching for more of it and more. And then you're buying stuff you don't need. I mean, we trotted Kent Kingsley out there for long enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, let's let's get into it, chaps. This is the this is the real news. Um, on the show, we're going to do player grades part seven. Part seven, chaps. This is the second last part of our player grades. We're going to look at Becky Webster, Georgie Prasparkas. Tom Hawkins and Reese Stanley. So, going to get grades and thoughts on all four of those players. Pretty strong uh, four to for our penultimate episode. That's that's correct, isn't it? Penultimate. That the, is correct. The, the yes, last one correct. before the last one, uh, and then we're going to do some memories. Uh, going to dive in and just plumb the depths of <laughs> lovely John. It's also from Cats. So that's like fitting. It's not it just is a really random fitting. musical. It's fitting. Mm. It's uh, except it was a good football team in a fucking terrible movie. But now, 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 I wouldn't say. <laughs> Have you watched it? Good. I think more like fantastic football team, Sam. I, I think yeah, the greatest, the greatest land, landmark. Exactly. Landmark. Uh, I did not watch the movie. To be fair, Jake. Um, Do you know why? I'm sorry. Just, uh, yeah, because yeah. it looked fucking. There's terrible. no cat buttholes in it. That's right. Once That's they removed the once it. they removed the cat buttholes, I wasn't interested anymore. Exactly. It's Man, all about oh, the, the realism when you're going to see <laughs> when you're going to see uh, the uh, the cats musical. It's all about the grounded realism. And once they once they removed the buttholes, uh, I just I just my suspension of disbelief was was it was too far. Yeah. You're like this is meant to be a real movie about real singing cats. The yeah. fact that you've Climb to feature buttholes in the costumes. Yeah, Sam's all for more. I just couldn't focus. I couldn't focus. I was like, "Where's, where's Mister Mistopheles sphincter?" You know. I wonder if there was actually (laughs) someone who had no idea what the movie or the musical called Cats just sort of thing on, like a cinema saying Cats and like, oh, a movie about cats. I'll go watch this and. I got to see the musical Cats at the cinema. I wonder if that ever happened to anyone. That they were just yeah, that... and then and then they left the uh, cinema thinking they'd watch this really interesting documentary that revealed to them that cats don't have butts. Exactly. <laughs> and then they purchased a cat to find out. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's, it's I'd like to think they, they probably could have confirmed that without purchasing the cat. They probably could have had a look. A Google search? Yeah, or a look in the pet shop, have. you know. I know oh, they're behind glass, yeah. but they move around a lot. Just wait your time and you'll, Lift you'll up probably, tail. You'll probably see. <laughs> but maybe they've got inspired um, by the, the documentary that I was watching. <laughs> I don't want to know what they got inspired, by, <laughs> inspired to do. The only thing I've ever been inspired <laughs> or by cats is to uh, not be on this plane of existence anymore. Um, all right, let's, let's get into <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ. Um, that turned dark very some gra- fast. Some, some grading time. Um, Sambo, we're going to start off 
with you, grading a player. And that is the one and only Becky Webster. If I can find the right view for this thing. That was that the terrifying. Here, goes, here we go. Here we go. There it is. <laughs> Becky Webster. Emotions um, moved average, around the screen. Yeah. 17.6 disposals per game, which was third on the team, only behind Prasparkas and Amy McDonald. 2.7 score involvements per game, which I thought was pretty good for a player that, you know, did play on the wing, but also half back, fifth on the team, and led the team for inside 50s, 3.7 per game. I thought, if anything, Sambo, Becky was, like, less heralded this year, maybe less talked about, even on this podcast than in previous seasons, but probably just as damaging. The workload was probably just spread a little, a little broader to some other players. What were your sort of... Uh, yeah, I think she's one of those, another of those players that um, benefited overall from uh, a greater team effort from the team around her, sort of stepping up. Um, some of the the new additions and some players finding their feet uh, sort of freed her up a bit. And I certainly don't think she did any less this year. But it was, I don't think she had to. A bit like Amy McDonald, um, a bit like Meg mm. McDonald, they didn't have to hoist a whole heap onto their shoulders. They were able to sort of perform a role and and play alongside their teammates. So, yeah, I think she probably was less heralded in the media. media maybe here. I don't know. I think we I feel like we we talked to her better fairly often, um especially when mm-hmm. you know there was the um the loss of Prasparkas um for that yeah, extended, true, true. extended period um and I think she was the one that we looked to uh to hoist the flag and I think she did she did do that. They they um used her in the way that we were hoping they would and I think she did admirably. So, yeah, I think I think uh, she had a. I think she had a really good year. I I would say I'm going to say straight out the gate instead of normally I I grade at the end. I'm going to say it was an A plus year for me straight out the gate. I think she will, you know, again with our grading system it being what's expected of them at this time, this 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 point in their career, um, with the the mm. the season elements taken into account. I think it was an A plus. I think she did phenomenally um and it was her best best season thus far i would say inarguably i think i think this is her new ceiling um and mm. and the 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 stats back me up to get into sorry to, to tread on oh, on your toes jake i'm getting into this into no, the stats please. into the stats Bring so stats looking at, looking at her season averages versus her career average the only sort of major stat that she didn't improve upon she didn't beat her career average this season was tackles and that was only a difference of 3.6 versus 3.7 on average wow per game so that's time she she beat her uh season average disposals per game kicks per game handballs per game marks per games and clearances per game and so of those so that's her averages and then of those stats she achieved the highest individual of each of those stats per game in one two three four five of those stats were in games from this season so her highest ever disposals game was against St Kilda in round five her highest ever handballs was against St Kilda as well um and then her highest ever tackles for a game was against West Coast. Total clearances for a game against Western Bulldogs and t- uh, highest fantasy uh, points 
was from West Coast in round five, 2022 as well. So, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> she, she basically improved upon yeah. all of those, all of those stats. Um, I think it looked a little quiet a year, as we said, because she was working amongst a really strong squad this year. Um, but if we're grading them on their own, on their own performances, um, yeah, I think it was, it was far and away her best season yet, but not the best season we will yet see. Um, and I think the stuff that she brought the team is the, you know, I'm a broken record on this, but the, the really important stuff she brought to the team was her communication and her leadership skills, both mm. leading by example with the ball and also her communication, um, and moral leadership off the ball as well. So uh, A plus for Becky Webster. I love it. Um, It it stands out to me, Sambo, that both, you know, some of those career bests against the Dogs and against the Eagles came in games where some of her teammates maybe didn't have their biggest performances. You know, West Coast Mm. really gave us some trouble. Um, The Bulldogs... We were absent Prosparcus and was a close game. Like the fact that she stands up, like her level is so consistent that even when others around her, you know, might be, you know, playing at a lower standard or even when the opposition raises the standard, like Becky's able to just meet that level um, and, and, and play her best footy. So I think, yeah, that's, that's very revealing. Good job on yeah. the stats there. And I, I think even with the fact that the, the game against St Kilda um, yielded mm. some some career highs and season highs as well. Um, and that was a game where we did play really well. So even when the rest of the squad was firing on all, all cylinders, she also was certainly not, um, you know, quite quieted and, and put in a back corner anywhere. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Um, love it. Agree with the A+. Plus. Johnny, yes. you are up next, and you're going to be analysing and grading Georgie Prasparka's second season uh, in the AFLW, but still her first year uh, as an AFLW-level player. She averaged 21.8 disposals per game, second on the team behind only Amy McDonald, the obvious choice. Um, meters gained, 332 per game, was damaging downfield, first on the team. And tackles, 7.2 per game, only 0.2 fewer than Amy McDonald. That was second on the team. We were a bit worried going into the expansion year that she might join her sister at Essendon, but she Prasparka stayed a cat and sparkled Johnny. Uh, what were your thoughts on Georgie P's season and your grade? Well, it was a good, good thing that she stayed at the Cats um, because, you know, we thought that they were building something and she hadn't really played mm. with Nina um, not Morrison yet. I thought they, them two gelled really well. But Georgie's season was pretty fantastic. I reckon it was a great follow-up to her first season. She got that one, was it one game suspension for a tackle? I think it was one or two. She missed a couple. You know, she missed the Dogs game. She missed two. Yeah. Can't remember. Anyway, yeah. Well, it says one game she missed. That's okay. I'm a, oh, no, I'm thinking about Maloney no, no. from the previous season. Yeah. Yeah, so she missed that one game from, you know, that tackle that yeah, I'm not sure how. Mm. So sort I've of got banned for that. But 
didn't really face her. She was able to come back off that game and still play consistently good. It was just a really consistent mm. season for her. Where she was in the thick of it all the time. She was always up there in the stats, as you know, second on the team for stats, metas gained as well, tackles. I think that's the one mm. area that really stood out this season was the tackling. Whereas season seven seemed to improve by a mile. Mm. You know, first season she had a few tackles that sort of didn't really stick, but this season, it's gone. Look at every tackle she went for stuck, and she was able to get a lot of freeze, but it was able to disrupt the team, opposition team a lot, and then pounce on the ball and send it forward. I feel like that the only issue with her that in season seven was when she did go for it, it was a lot of those high ball hacking kicks that sort of was more hope than direction mm. and sometimes it got turned over but that's a whole team issue as well a lot of the players were doing the same thing which is fair enough when you just want to get it forward and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but but when she did you know as they say load her eyes and hit up on a hit up a teammate it was always spot on fantastic kicking handballing all that she excelled at it all um and i was also looking at her stats and you know, compared to season six to season seven, basically every stat mm. has improved by a fair bit. So it's been a pretty substantial climb, especially after only a few months off, especially for a first year player. It's been, been remarkable. So I think on mm. back of all that, I'm going to give her an A plus as well. I just think it's too much of a good season, even with the suspension. It's just one of those things that yeah. happened. I think it's one Google, of those things. Google says on. she did. Google says she did miss two games, so I'm confused because oh. it seems to be. The stats very, says you know, yeah, nine. She played nine games. Season. I thought it was two as well. Yeah, so did I. It's Eleven with very... the playoff game. Eleven with the uh, final. That's oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. She there we go. Two. Yeah, I thought it was two. But we sure locked that shit. We did. <laughs> we really did. Yeah, even after that suspension, it didn't. Seemed to face her. She didn't ever stop the tackling that she was doing. Didn't stop doing the hip and shoulders. Didn't stop playing away uh, the ferocious way she was. And fingers crossed that she can, you know, the AFLW allows players like yourself and for the clubs to put them on longer contracts instead of just one year. Hopefully, like yeah. two to four years. Something to. I think teams just need to be a bit more stable with their players and build play, good player bases because it's you know it's, it's all good for the teams that started early and successful, but for the teams that are still trying to build up, it's you know they need some security. But mm. yeah, I just thought her season this year was well, two season season seven was really fantastic and another just a massive mm. step. And next year, this year, who knows, it could be another massive step. And it just shows the rise of the Cats and, you know, what the culture can do for all the players. Absolutely, Johnny. Love it. Don't disagree at all. A-plus works just fine for me. I think she's been such an important, just brings a different kind of thing 
you know, that's what I like that we've got a midfield that that features different types of players now. Um, Not all the same. I, I think. No, I think that's important to have different skill sets um, available to you, sort of thing. Different approaches makes it harder for teams to match up against you, in my opinion. Um, Johnny, you're going back to back because now we're looking at Tom back Hawkins to from the men's team. Yep. Uh, Hawk, 67 total goals, which was first on the team. Uh, Marks inside 50, 3.8 per game, first on the team. And he had a total of 27 goal assists, first on the team. Um, <laughs> generous Hawk, still the spearhead. You know, we've got Jeremy Cameron up there. We've got Tyson Stengel. But Hawkey still rules the roost down in the Ford 50, Johnny. Still the spearhead. Still the spearhead. Still the main shook down there. Still the big, tough, dominating full forward that so many other teams be after, wanting. And the Cats were lucky enough to snag him with the father's son. But, yeah, what a, what a season for the Hawk. What a season... For the Cats to have Hawkins still firing away, he is after so many seasons, still kicking 60 plus goals, still taking marks, goal assists as well. Um, it was, I think, it's up, definitely up there as one of his best seasons, the way he was able to mm. move. I don't think I've seen the Hawk able to move like he was a fluid, like a liquid. For the big guy, um, Ew. Such... gross. <laughs> I think last season we were sort of saying how Hawkins wasn't chasing as much, wasn't running down guys that often. But this season there was a bit more fire in his belly. He was sort of putting a bit more of a chasing. He was doing a bit more roving. He was getting a few snaps that you think, how does a big guy like that run, get the ball, and turn like he was this season and able to snap some pretty spectacular spectacular goals. Um I think I think the influence of Eddie Betts had a, a big impact on the entire team, but especially the forward line players. You saw them taking those opportunities a lot more rather than trying to pass it off. But saying that Hawkins still, you know, goal assists 27 but a year. He still knows how to pass them off, still knows how to bring his teammates into it, still knows how to dominate any um, key back. Just, yes, another spectacular season for him, another premiership, nearly nearly another Coleman. Um, if he didn't give out so many mm. goals, he could have got the Coleman, but still won. I think it was at the 10th year in a row, the Cats' lean goal kicker, which is... That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, I think the last time someone else won it was probably maybe Podsy Adley, maybe yeah. in, in 2011 or something comes right, to mind. Right. I don't know. could be talking at my ass there. but I think that's right. But, um, yeah, just... just another little stat, Johnny, the 67 Go goals, the second most of his career in a season. Previous best was 68 in 2014. Ah, yeah. That's good. And coming towards the end of his career, and he's still nearly able to kick his most ever three goals is mm. in a year is pretty special. And, yeah, I just thought he was moving so much better this year. 
than compared to last year. And his ruck work was spot on. Working with Jeremy Cameron was just next level. And then obviously the way Sal was able to spot him up and spear it straight into his chest. And then just some of those goals he was able to kick were just vintage Hawkins. Um, the trust was high. The leadership was just perfect. Everything um, everything about Hawkins' season was just A++. Um, yeah, there's no other greater I think you can't can give him. Unless we go for the S in the um, anime style. Right. Yeah, just no satisfactory. Hawks Hawk. <laughs> still has all his um, power, his ability, his movement, his rucking dominance, his leadership, and just a general sense of bringing the whole team together and leading from the front. It's pretty amazing, like to be, as you said, potentially nearing the end of his career. You know. Who knows? Sometimes you you know if if you can, Geelong certainly I think have prolonged a few careers with the way they've been able to man, manage health and fitness. Particularly last season, I feel like they just got it down to a a but fine way, um, art. Who knows how much longer he's going for? The way he's playing this year, it still looks like he's got a good two to three years left in the tank. But obviously, it's up to him how he feels mentally and physically. But from the outside, it still looks like he's got plenty of years left in him. Hopefully so. Um, all right, Johnny, I agree with all of that. Agree with the grade, the analysis. Absolutely 100% concur. Sambo, bring us home talking about Reese Stanley. Hit outs, he averaged 20.9 per game, which was first on the team. Clearances, he actually had the seventh most clearances per game, 3.3 for the team. Uh, and the fourth most spoils. I thought that was an interesting part of his game. And I, there was lots of times they were using him, particularly against Melbourne, I thought, where they were using him as that extra tall trying when they were trying to kick out to Gorn on the wing, where Stanley would just come through and thump the ball either out of bounds or, or to the ground. Um, I thought he was an unsung but key cog in 2022. And I think you're actually the perfect person to talk about him, Sambo, because. Um, I feel like you came to his defense on numerous times across the season when uh, other Cats fans had cooled on big Reese Stanley. Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of easy on the sidelines to um you know to expect uh unachievable standards especially when you're a talented player because he is a talented player. But I think that the thing with the Cats that a lot of a lot of fans probably find it hard to um keep keep abreast of sometimes is the fact that we use we use players in such different ways when we when we need to. Just like Blix. Blix isn't doing the same thing every game. Um Jeremy Cameron, you know, a lot of fans are, were probably hit, scratching their head a little bit because Jeremy Cameron could have made a run at the Coleman, but was, you know, dropped back into midfield, moved around, did a lot of different things. Gary Rowan, people look at his stats and go, well, why is his why is his average here and he's he's his you know his highest stats are up here and then his lowest is is down here and obviously Dangerfield lifted the lid on that with Gary Rowan about playing a a lockdown forward role a lot of the time where his job actually isn't necessarily to get the ball and kick a goal but to um 
remove a defender from the equation. And I think Stanley's the same. I think people are looking at Stanley and judging him one based on being a traditional a traditional beanpole ruckman in the middle of the ground, which he's he's not really. We don't really have one of those at the moment um, in the in the most traditional sense. Um, and I think he probably could be that player too, if he really needed to be. Because if you look at his his career highs and his, even his season highs, they're a lot better when you look at his rucking stats, like his hitouts. It's a lot better than his average. And I think it's not necessarily because of the opposition or um, how he or, or form so much as what the team is doing, what role he is he is there to facilitate. Um, and regardless of his ability to be a, a traditional ruckman or not, I think the Cats mm. are playing a different kind of football. They're using their players. They want players that can can add, as you said, Jake, be an extra tall. You know, get some, get some spoils. He kicked. He's kicked kicked some goals. He's got a pretty good hoof on him as well. He's had a, he's had a couple of mm. goal assists here and there. Um, and if you if you do look at his his stats, his season high was thirty five hitouts um, against GWS mm. Giants. So that versus his. So that kind of goes to what I was saying before because his his average is you know twenty point nine. Um, mm. So it's a pretty big difference. It's on its way to double. But I don't think that's because of a lack of effort or a lack of skill or luck. I think it's about what he was there to do um, in that particular scenario. Um, and I guess his hit outs to his hit out to advantage ratio is, is reasonably low. It's on the lower side, um, mm. but it doesn't really seem to hinder us. So I don't really know why people bitch about it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, like it's not yeah. like we, struggled for clearances or struggled for goals um and we mm. had such uh, i think john was talking about this throughout the season we had such good um tackle pressure in that middle mm. that that was an acceptable loss sometimes was the hit out to advantage wasn't it? it was an acceptable loss when you had um some of the some of the uh the cats players in there that could could turn a turn a loss into a win um, so I, I think yeah. people are a little bit harsh on Stanley. I think he's a real heart and soul kind of player. I think he's really important to the squad, um, to the team and to the culture. Um, so he's a, he's a hard one to grade. I would probably go in the, in the A minus category. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't think he quite played to his full potential all the time. Um, but he was, he, you know, he was really, really important. And sometimes I think he was, you know, hamstrung a little bit by what his job was, what what Chris Scott and the coaching team were asking of him. Um, so, yeah, I think I think if you were to grade him just against the best, or the best, quote unquote, best traditional ruck in the competition, it would be a, mm. it, like, that's that's why it comes away looking like he's, he's maybe not performing. Um but I think if you actually look at what he brings to the team and, you know, the amount of times he, you know, he was the one putting, it was the bloody Ruckman putting in the X factor sometimes when, when other people maybe looked a little gassed, um, it mm. was him, him getting down and doing some of the work around the field. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think I'd go with an A minus. Do you guys think that's unfair? Uh, I think that's fair. Um, makes sense to me. Total sense. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, I think you've 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 hit the nail on the head basically with, with the way um, you've described it. Uh, it was his third highest average hitouts per game of his career. He's been playing since two thousand and ten. Um, like, it's kind of interesting sometimes when you look at stats because you kind of go, it was kind of a middling season statistically in most categories, but then. You look at the on-field impact, and there was plenty of times where it was like, man, Stanley played his guts out there. You know, like mm. he he was a key. The numbers don't yeah. always tell the story for mine. No. Sometimes you got to measure that impact with your eyes. Gassed sometimes in a good way. Yeah. Like you, you mm. really felt like mm. he he left he'd left nothing out out there. Um, yeah. if, if you do if you do look at his averages, it looks like twenty twenty one was one of his best seasons of his career. He's got three stats that he achieved career best disposal kicks and handballs mm. were all in 2021. Um, but that seemed 2021 to me is probably the year where I feel like I heard the most hate towards him. Yeah. And he, he had a season, yeah. he had his, his season high was, it was career best. So I, th- I thought uh, this, yeah. this season, it was really helped help um, Blitz, play a lot more of that versatile, versatile role as the way mm. he was able to mm. drop back in defence and then be able to do that, as Jake said, that intercepting tall guy to intercept, like Max Gorn and all those other big tall four, um, players of the opposition. He was just a ruckman and then turned into a defender. The cat's just roaming that sort of half-back and, mid, and midfield and then that freed up mm. weights to... You know, have the season that he had. So I think yeah, you just was, look back. Some you I was just, I was just a similar role to what Rowan had this season, where it was you might have to sacrifice a fair few games, but what you're going to do is free up this other guy who's going to perform, do this extraordinary mm. stuff for the team, and possibly win some, do something special. And they did. So yeah, Stanley, if we didn't have players like Stanley doing all he did. It'd be a different story altogether. Late, late thirty-six tackles this season. Mm. It's pretty good. And, pretty and you're pretty good th- for a ruckman, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and when you think about like too, sometimes with this team and, and what they were able to do last year, in, in terms of like, if one player goes down one crucial player it could have really changed things because you think about if sam de Koning didn't come along like blixarves would probably not have been freed up so much to play all the different roles he had he would have probably been confined to playing as the other key intercepting back like stewart mm. but because yeah. you know de Koning develops instantaneously it's like well shit we can keep putting you know moving blicks around to where we want him to be and and it's just like all that you know if stanley goes down for a for a big part of the season instead of just four or five games well then you might have to play blicks more in the ruck you know and then so all these players you know you sometimes go hey you know this guy you know your mark o'connor's your reese stanley's collar jasney's players who are regarded sometimes is on the fringe of the team, you know, their presence is what helps, you know, unlock the diversity of roles for players like Blixarves and, 
Um, it's yeah, it's 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 important. Everyone plays their part. Yeah. Want to do some memories a, before we get out? Maybe of here? a small part that some players play, but when you put it all together, it turned into a premiership. Mm. And to say what those players who are playing those small parts. I'm not going to be going, oh, I played a small part in this premiership. They're going to be going, fuck, we won a premiership. I'm a premiership player now. Mm. It doesn't it's a matter. shame they don't all get a fucking medal because exactly. it's not a grand final day medal. It's a premiership no. medal, you motherfuckers. Um, all right. <laughs> anyway, I get sick of this shit. I'm not saying everyone in the Let's building on. needs one, but for God's sake, you know, the playing group at least. Come on, let's get with it. All right. Um, okay, let's do some memories. Will I? Will I lead us off here? Do you want me to lead us off? Yeah, you lead us memories. off. I should have put you a didn't have a player cat grade. emoji. There. No, I did not. I took a bullet for the team there. I was like, no, I'll let you lads do that um, because we're we're now done. Basically, there's some players at the edge of the AFLW squad who didn't really get a lot of footy, and I just think it's not really fair to grade those players. It's, it's a bit mm. like why I'm not going to grade like Sam, um, uh, Sam Neil. Is that right? Sam Neil, the actor. Shannon. Um, Shannon. 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 I'm going to call him Sam from now on. Sam Neil. Um, Sam Neil. <laughs> Shannon Neal, yeah, there's some players in the men's team. Ollie Dempsey, for instance. I don't think it's fair to grade them on. It's not only fair, it's hard to grade on a couple of games here and there. So it's the same in the W. I I think we're done pretty much now with the W players who I, I felt got enough of a sample size for us to to put a grade on them. Um, so we'll do one more player grades episode next week. I think we've got four men's players left who probably fit the bill. Um, and then we'll move on, but yeah, memories. So this was just an idea I had today of like just discussing, um, and this may end up in future as an episode all unto itself on the Patreon or something, but I thought we'd, we'd give it a try tonight. Just doesn't have to be hugely significant, but just like digging around in your memories of being a cat supporter and like, what's something that like springs to mind? It could be like, a particular third quarter in a game in 2008, or it could be, you know, a particular goal or just a player maybe that you've not thought of for a while that when you sat down and thought about your time following the cats, I remember that guy, you know, I kind of like watching him play um, or it could be matches. And that's what came up for me when I was thinking about it. And it was sitting in your lounge room, John, in 2005, and it was shitty weather, and it was shitty weather at Kidinia Park. I think the whole state maybe was was in rain. I don't know. That's how I remember it anyway. And so for me, that's how it was. And it was the Cats facing off against the Dockers. It was the 2.10 p.m. kickoff, the early Saturday afternoon, which was probably my favorite slot of the day. Do you remember, John and Sambo, where you would you would be able to, Watch the two ten p.m. and then uh, I, from memory, you know, like you would go into the night footy. Sometimes I feel like there was even a three ten game or something in the middle that you mm. would only get on replay or something. I don't know, but you know, then you would watch the the night game, and I don't think they do this so much anymore. But where you would have like Melbourne playing Hawthorne or something at, at the G, and then at halftime you would get reports 
from the other match that was going on, you know, up at the Gabba or whatever, I feel like they're all a bit more spread out and standalone now with Thursday night football and Sunday twilight footy. Um, yeah, and I, I think I think they yeah. generally just leave the, like if there's another game going, don't they have the little score down the bottom? Yeah, mm. I wonder if it, I wonder if it's it's probably that the the emergence of streaming and KO and digital media and that they, it was probably not a popular part of it, so they're probably like people can do their own, people can mm. jump jump over, yeah. have split screen going, whatever the fuck they want to do. Um, but I do Is remember that, that Jake. Yeah, it was it was it was always it always felt a little bit more like football day do you know what i mean whenever you're watching yes. you kind of you kind of um consume it in in a bit more of a um however it was served up to you instead of going oh i'll watch the ko mini of that one and that yeah. kind of shit <laughs> mm. yeah i remember being able to watch like yeah the 210 then go you know, have some dinner then generally go and kick the uh kick saturday the, night kick the styrofoam yep. ball around the backyard generally yep. my parents would also <laughs> go off and do um Ballroom dancing on the Saturday night. Oh and my I'll god! Yes, yes, John. And then I I'll get to watch this. games that night. And I generally just watch yeah. any game that I was on. I was just enjoying the football. Yeah. But now I struggle to watch other games because it's not the cats, and I find mm. it dull unless it's a really exciting game, of course. Mm. I feel like your well, grandma so much was more often there choose. watching with us because she would yes. still be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Later. Crazy. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's good because it like the good thing about this experiment that I want to run is that I feel like everyone remembers little stuff that you don't. So you all kind of remember a part of the picture. Like, so I remember this game, the cats lost in frustrating fashion. We lost 82 to 91 and Frio, they were just on us. It was just like one of those illustrations. They, they got a, a, a handy little lead to start they're up 32 to 23 and that nine point advantage was what they ended up winning by the cats kicked 11 16 the dockers 14 7 geelong didn't have one player go over 20 disposals not one player um Jesus. paul chapman was probably the pick of the bunch 17 touches six tackles two goals two Brad Ottens uh, was playing. Now, who was the other guy I was looking at who, who had a pretty decent game looking back? Oh, David Johnson took 10 marks. Um, so, yeah, it was just this game. Where I just remember it was really sort of ugly because the Cats just couldn't compete in the wet with Freo. And Freo were just playing like kind of possessed. Jeff Farmer kicked four goals, one. Ryan Crowley, three goals, one. Two for McFarlane and Aaron Sanderlands. Sanderlands took seven marks. Pavlich took 11. And I distinctly remember just being so, like I hated those guys for so long after that because it stuck with me that they were two of the, the guys who um, helped orchestrate what felt like a fucking heist down at Kadimia Park. Um, I remember being pissed, Johnny. I remember being pissed. So that's that was, yeah, what I remember of 15-year-old us watching <laughs> us. Um, the Cats. I think I may remember that game, room. not really. Freo oh, were playing in those, you know, the purple, green, yeah. and red. Yeah. Mm. I do, I do distinctly remember us really having a special level of loathing for Freo. Just because yeah. you had to listen to their fucking song when they won. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> still no better. Yeah, no, nah. still not better. Now, 
I uh, it's completely coincidental um, that my memory Jake mentioned this thirty seconds a couple of minutes before we started recording, and my <laughs> memory went to a particular game that was also two thousand five. Also, in yeah. the the front uh, lounge room at your house, John, in Tadong, um, which is really... And I'm thinking, was 2005 maybe your first year of indoctrination into the Cats? Or was that a year when maybe you weren't yet following the Cats, but they were begrudgingly first... like, if if they were on, you would support with us, sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, I think it was... I think 2004 was sort of that first initial watch a few mm-hmm. games. And then I think, yeah, 2005 was... So I watch okay. a few more with you guys. Well, and maybe that's of... why. Maybe that's why Before... so many of our memories are from that year because it was like the the, <laughs> the starting point of the three of us um, being the cat cats fans. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it's really fun. And mine, mine was mine was just specifically the um, memory of Nathan Ablett debuting in two thousand five, quite late in the season. I think we said it was round twenty. Yep. Um, yeah, round twenty. Um, nice. he, he, he made this made the step up from uh from the VFL, um, and played Melbourne. I, I yeah, I just remember I, I think it was kind of important as well because it was kind of this sense that like, you know, you had come over to the Cats now then, and and there was a new ablet. <laughs> so Johnny Johnny had his ablet. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it was like yeah. our parents' ablet was Gary Senior, and then for like me and me and Jake, obviously it was it was Gary Junior. And now John had joined the Cats. And we got a new ablet for, <laughs> for Johnny. <laughs> Johnny um, brought a new ablet. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't a hundred percent turn out that way. But um, I just remember being really excited and expecting. And I had in my memory that he he didn't do very well. That it was a you know it was a pretty tough ask. And like I don't remember hating on him for it, but I remember thinking, oh, it's a lot to live up to. It's understandable that he didn't perform that well. But looking at the stats, it's it's clear there was big uh, expectations because he kicked two fucking goals in his, in his AFL debut and we're all like, oh, he didn't do very well. Uh, <laughs> so he, he he did all right. But, yeah, I'm not sure. We also lost. We lost. We were up all game against Melbourne and then lost by one point, 100 to 99. Um, so I, <laughs> classic Cats supporters remember, remembering the fucking... <laughs> The losses, <laughs> picking out the losses amongst amongst the embarrassment of wins that we've had. Um, but there is another thing that I didn't mention when I when before before the round when I said this was my uh, before we were recording that I said this was my memory. Um, the reason mm. I'm thinking this one stuck in my head is because Josh Hunt had a really good game, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and so he he was he was first for first for marks, second for kicks, uh, and third mm. for total disposals. Um, Handballs, fourth or fifth or something. Um, so yeah, he had a he had a bit of a monster game. So that's probably why that one stuck in my head because he was he was my sort of player, my uh, my Gary Rowan of the day, the much much maligned player that I that I defended with my mm. last breath. I love it. Uh, what about you, Johnny? Have you got something that sticks out in your memory? Yes, your, I do. It's, it's yeah. not from two thousand five. 2007, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure I was, I was working at that time at the tavern right next to my house. It was a quiet night. Mm. It was 6th of May, and the cats were playing Richmond, and I remember going home, chucking the TV on, going, I'll see how the cats are going. Probably not going that great because the cats weren't going fantastic at that time. I thought oh, I was probably losing to Richmond. And I believe it was around three-quarter time, and I when I turned the TV on, and all I, I 
I remember myself going, what the fuck? When I saw the score of the Cats, <laughs> 183 to 39, I was like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Like, are they going to make 200 points? And they did flog yeah. Richmond and just started that run of games where they went on to win the you know, 2007 Premiership by another record number. But, yeah, I remember getting home, chucking a tepe and couldn't believe the scoreline and had a pretty fantastic night watching the Cats just tear Richmond apart. Yeah, I couldn't believe that, that score. That's one of the stupid games where you look at the stats and it's just like fucking ridiculous. It feels like I don't know what the exact number is, but it felt like half a dozen guys for the Cats kicked like four plus goals. Uh, well, you know, like. Four. It, it, so it was Nathan Ablett kicked four. Paul Chapman kicked four. Hawkins kicked four. Andrew Mackey kicked four. That's right. Mackey kicked four. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So and who was the highest goal kicker? Them four. They all kicked four Those goals Those four. Each. So no one kicked more yep. than four in a no game where you put up more, like 200 plus points. Uh, oh, three man. players kicked three it goals. Was nuts. Oh, it was just <laughs> stupid. I'm not sure if I. I remember when I, where I was. Yeah, I remember you guys. where I was. Listen, I was listening to that game on the radio driving back from Albury after an under 15 or under 16 soccer game that I'd played in. I think we might have played and got absolutely towelled by um, either Albury Hotspurs or Twin City Wanderers. I think I was playing soccer. Yeah, maybe that's Told where you me. were because I, I remember yeah. driving back and we turned the radio on. Um, I think we listened to the whole game and it was like I felt like we'd driven into a different universe because this was coming off like 2005, the season we, we remembered a lot of stuff from, was the year of Nick Davis where the Cats yeah. got so close. We, we'd got so close in 04 and then I think we lost out to Brisbane in either a, a semi or a prelim or something like we were close. 2005, we made, you know, finals again. And then to lose like that, 2006, we won the preseason league and then didn't make finals in 06. And then 2007, we started two and three and it just looked like it was going to be same old cats. And it was like from that moment on, it was like we went into a different universe where suddenly the cats were just like the Kings and they couldn't be defeated. And it was like, what the fuck happened? Like that, that really did feel like a massive turning point where they just slaughtered Richmond. It was probably the most uncompetitive, like it'd be up there as the most uncompetitive game of footy that I've seen. There was now there was a big blowout of Melbourne when Mark Neald was <laughs> poor old Mark Neald when he was the coach. Um, um, you know, in 2011, maybe where that was pretty young, that was like, they were like, you know, training cones by a certain point in the game. But I know that Richmond game was, was bonkers. No wonder they hate us so much. Yeah. Mm. Hang on, um, just, just to go from the, um, from the so, height. To, oh, sorry. You go. I'll just say that like quarter one, the cats were 62, Richmond seven. <laughs> Quarter two, halftime was 126 
to 19. And three quarter time, 183 to 39. And then full time, 222 to 65. Look at that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, it sticks, it sticks in the memory. Um, just like I feel like reading reading the scoreline, like the minute by minute play by play of this Melbourne game, Nathan Ablett's debut. I really feel like I can remember the feeling because we were in the lead pretty much the entire game after the mm. first quarter until to nine uh, twenty minutes and twenty three seconds into the final quarter uh, when Melbourne took the lead, and then after Melbourne took the lead, Kent Kingsley kicked it behind, Gary Ablett kicked it behind, Gary Ablett kicked another behind, and Matthew Egan kicked another behind, and we lost by one point. Ah, so ah, <laughs> he ah, had ah. four shots at goals in the last nine minutes, and they were all behinds. I feel <laughs> like that's, that's, isn't that just football where you're like, I feel like, yeah, yeah you're just kind of like hoping and celebrating, going, come on, but you kind of probably secretly knew, you're just like, this, this is not our day. This is... This That's what life used to be the like. Control. That's right. It's like oh, Carlton man. Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that was good. I think I'm going to play the outro music. I liked that. Well, we'll let we'll let the um, uh, the people tell us if it was good. Yeah. Is, is, is did you did you enjoy it? Yeah. Um, like to hear more Please about footy memories. It's good because it it, it 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 definitely brings up other stuff and it's fun to reminisce because I think it's actually a really good way to avoid complacency as a fan because it thinking about those seasons makes me so fucking grateful for what we've had for the last mm. 16, 15, 16 years. Yes. Like, it's been... I thought fun. we'd never get there. Honestly... Some of those seasons, you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, they're just doomed. It's never going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting hearing about all the, you know, the rough times the Cats fans had to go through. Like, when into 2007, Premiership was like, oh, yeah, we won one. Fantastic. And not knowing what actually meant to the rest of the fan base. Like, the heartache yeah. they've gone through and all the... Um, close losses and all that, but you know, reading it up and going, yeah, that 2007 really did mean that much. Yeah, because I'm only I'm only 32, 33 this year, and so like I missed, like I was alive but not really tuned into footy at four or five, so I missed those painful grand finals in the early 90s. Mm. Until next time, go cats, go cats, go cats. <laughs>